Welcome back to Lost in the Shuffle. I am Peter with Sheffield Shuffler. This is Lost in the Shuffle, our podcast where we talk about stories that get lost in the shuffle. Because I know the media is so busy telling different kind of stories that uh, some things get overlooked, you know? But uh, we'll discuss that later. For right now, we are discussing Thursday Night Football. We have... The Ravens versus the Dolphins. I'm doing a little new setup today. As you can see here, I have my television, my visual aid, which will come in handy later when we go through a couple stories. How's everybody doing? It's Thursday, 10.28 Eastern Time, AM. Beautiful day. I got my Philly gear on. I'm just a fucking Philly dude now. I'm so Phil's. Anyway, Thursday night football. All you gambling degenerates, what is what's the play gonna be? What do you guys like? Here is what I like. Thursday night football, Ravens versus the Dolphins. We got the spread at minus seven and a half. Over under 46 and a half. Tua Tagavailoa. Questionable. He may or may not play. If he does not play, Jacoby Brissett will start in his absence. Here are some stats, okay? Listen up, because all you people who, you know, talk shit as soon as one of these bets loses, you're the first one to say something, but you don't listen to the five or six reasons I give why I want to take the bet, okay? These are your DNBs, the do-nothing bitches, most of the time. Number one. Ravens are 0-4 against the spread when laying 6.5 points or more. Today's spread, 7.5, that would fall under that category. They are 0-4 against the spread when laying 6.5 points or more. They really do play down their competition, especially recently. Also, the Dolphins' run defense in the last three games is top five in the NFL. And we all know the Ravens rely a lot on the running game. Lamar Jackson, very much of a running, rushing quarterback. Last three games, Dolphins top five in the NFL, only allowing 82 rushing yards a game. So the Dolphins run defense is improving. For those reasons, I would lean to the Dolphins with plus the points. I don't love it. Don't love it. You know what I do like though? I do like our official play over 46 and a half. And here's why. The Ravens are seventh overall in DVOA. Now, this is important. Do you guys, if you don't know what DVOA is, it measures the team's efficiency uh, by comparing success on every play to a league's average. So it's an all encompassing average of how successful a team is per play, essentially. Ravens are seventh overall in DVOA. Ravens are also second rated in scoring, but their defense 26th in defensive DOA. So high scoring offense, not a great defense. This isn't the Baltimore defense that we're used to. Um, The Dolphins are actually giving up less opponent yards per play. The Dolphins defense, less opponent yards per play than the Ravens, which you would think normally Ravens have a pretty stout defense. This is not that high-scoring offense, lower-the-pack defense. Also, Dolphins have a 42% 
succession or successive rate on third down conversions. 42% on third down conversion percentage, which is higher than the Ravens. The Ravens have a 37%. So converting on third downs, Ravens also red score red zone scoring 71%. So for all those reasons, the Ravens red zone scoring 71%. The Dolphins have a higher third down conversion rate than the Ravens. The Ravens are the second highest or the second rated scoring offense. Their defense 26th DVOA. So if you can compile all those numbers together, what that tells me is the over 46 and a half is going to be my play for all those reasons. Now, I gave you reasons why I took it, right? So you can't come back and say, that was suck, man. This guy sucks. I just gave you like five reasons why I took it, okay? You can say that if I just blindly throw out bets, okay? I'm not a handicapper. I just like doing this for fun, okay? So if you could do better, I'd love to see it. And it's always coming from you DNBs, like I said, Ronda Rousey coined that phrase, DNB, which is a do-nothing bitch, which is people who don't do shit, who just want to shit on other people who are doing stuff, basically. So if that's you, shut up. Shut up and do something. Do something. Right? So that is our play. Bum, 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 bum. Over 46 and a half. Let's see it, Cash. What do you guys like? Let me know in the comments. DMs, whatever. Um, so that's Thursday Night Football. What else? We got Scott Boris. If you guys don't know, Scott Boris is a MLB agent. Okay? And he was talking shit. He was saying that the MLB uh, has a tanking cancer, which led to the Braves World Series. Uh, meaning, if a baseball team is not competitive... Uh, by the before the trade deadline, they start trading off pieces so that they can get draft picks and other kind of capital. And he's saying this is cancerous to baseball because you are incentivizing teams to tank, right? Uh, he gave an example for the Atlanta Braves, who won the World Series this year, saying this is a direct result of tanking because they acquired uh, five or six players before the trade deadline because they had multiple injuries. And um, they were playing 500 baseball before the trade deadline and then went on to win the World Series. So my question to you, Scott Boris, is what is your solution? How does a underperforming team acquire assets without giving up uh, current players or cash? A lot of these are small market teams who don't have a lot of capital, a lot of money to give. So the players that they do have, that they do develop, that are talented... Um, sometimes get traded off for other pieces if they want to be competitive. So my question to you is, what is your solution? That is how I see teams becoming successful for the future, right? In sports, specifically baseball, there's a small window of opportunity, right? Teams usually have, you know, when you hear the rebuilding process, oh, we are rebuilding. What does that mean? We're acquiring assets. We are trying to uh, build within our system. We're trying to acquire free agents, uh, low risk, high reward players, that kind of thing. So that is what you mean when you are rebuilding. And then you get to a point where you are competitive, right? Within your division, in the playoffs, whatever that is. Um, 
and you have a small window, you have maybe three, four years where you are competitive. And then it gets to the point where either your players are performing very well, which is great, but then that means they're going to want more money, contracts are up, you can't pay everybody. We see it in every with every team, right? So I'm just confused as to what his solution for that would be. I don't see a problem with it because you see a lot of teams with high payroll, the Dodgers, the Yankees, uh, who haven't won, uh, well, I mean, Dodgers won the, the Mickey Mouse World Series in 2020, the 60 Gamer, which doesn't really count, and then the Yankees as well. So you could have a high payroll team and you are not performing very well at all. So it, this whole article here, as you can see, is him talking about it. And then he goes on to talk about his free agents in a very Willy Wonka whimsical kind of way. So as usual, Scott Boris arrived armed with colorful descriptions and comparisons for his players and some of his teams that they plan to sign. So as we all know, MLB season is over. Free agency has begun. So now players who are either opted out of their contracts, who are free agents, uh, are looking at the free market. And Scott Boris represents a lot of these guys. He, uh, He represents a lot of baseball players. So let's go through some of them. He really made it like fun and whimsical. This is on Nick Castellanos. I kind of advise all of you two years ago. St. Nick was going to bring a lot of presents. And frankly, we're just going to sit back and see what teams have been naughty and nice. Awesome. He compared Chris Bryant to Sean Connery saying he has Bond-like abilities to create a great middle of the lineup. He's always red hot in the hunt for October. He's an extraordinary gentleman and is in a league of his own. Those are all obviously references to Sean Connery movies. What am I supposed to do with that information? I don't know. Boris expressed satisfaction in pitcher Carlos Rodon in not receiving a qualifying offer from the Chicago White Sox, saying it was created to weigh down free agent. Don't know what that means. Michael Conforto, former Mets outfielder, has become the king of queens. It's a Doug Heffernan reference. In free agency now, he's kind of like the ace of many GM's hearts. Blah, blah, blah. Talks about Corey Seager. Corey Seager is like a rock. Of course, his parents knew this. That's why they named him Corey. Like a quarry where you blow up rocks. I don't know. This is just like really weird why he keeps talking about all that stuff. So, yeah, that's the hot stove for baseball. What do we have next? Let's look at our uh, visual aid. Here we go today. What are people talking about in sports? We have Aaron Rodgers. Oh my gosh. Aaron Rodgers violating COVID. Another story. Oh, Aaron Rodgers again. Wait, two stories back to back on Aaron Rodgers? Hold on. Oh my. Aaron Rodgers again speaks out about vaccine backlash. That's three stories on Aaron Rodgers already. There can't be any more, right? Oh, my God. Another one on Aaron Rodgers? There he is. There's two stories right there. Oh, my God. More? There can't be. Oh, my God. Another one. Aaron Rodgers. Man. All this. One, two, three, 
four, five, six, six stories on the front page of today.com. Wow, that must uh, be pretty important. Got all that going on. Here's what they didn't report on. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's son, given slap on the wrist for stabbing his neighbor. Wow. Who's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Is that the NBA all-time leading scorer? Wow. Did anybody hear about this? No. Did ESPN cover this? No. ESPN 2, none of this. No, no, no. No, I didn't hear any about it. You didn't hear about it either. Right. This is why smaller kind of forums like podcasts, like um, YouTube channels are getting growth. This is why. Because what I just showed you on USA Today or Today.com is fucking five, six stories on the same bullshit that they're trying to push on everybody. Did anybody hear about this? No, you didn't. Nobody heard about it. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you think you would have heard something if Tom Brady's kid stabbed somebody? Probably. If Aaron Rodgers' kid stabbed somebody? No? How, how much was on that front page of Henry Ruggs murdering a young woman and her dog in a car crash? How about Dalvin Cook allegedly beating up his girlfriend? Nothing ESPN would rather talk about Aaron Rodgers and the COVID vaccine for five years. Six days straight. Let's dive into this story, though. Here we go. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's son. Slap on the wrist over a stabbing. It had to be over something good, though, right? I mean, something really serious. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's son, Adam, sentenced for stabbing his neighbor in California with a hunting knife over an argument about trash cans. Over an argument about trash cans. Hmm. Okay. Adam Abdul-Jabbar, 29 years old, received six months in jail after pleading guilty to three counts of assault with a deadly weapon and one count of carrying a dirk or a dagger. Orange County District Attorney official said, hmm, sentence was enhanced for inflicting great bodily injury. So this was a plea deal. Um, and it could, he also applied for home confinement instead of incarceration because he didn't want to go to prison. So he uh, applied for home confinement, which would be probably just as bad because I imagine his home is terrible, right? Probably has a terrible house. Be It'd be torture to stay there. So let's see. Prosecutors sought for a seven-year jail sentence and objected the plea offer. So they were saying this is a slap on the wrist. Uh, it's an absolute miscarriage of justice. Look at that. Look look at Adam. Look how happy he looks. Where is that? Oh, it's on Celebrity Family Feud. Celebrity Family Feud. This guy who almost murdered his neighbor over trash cans. Wow, look at him. Let me look. I mean, come on. So, um, what else? The man nearly bled to death in front of the emergency room doors after being stabbed so violently over and over that his skull was fractured. So this guy, although he looks like a nerd, cold-blooded killer. We believe this is a complete disregard for human life over dispute over trash cans. is so egregious it warrants prison time. So I guess we'll see what happened. 
Um, him and his neighbor share a driveway and he stabbed the neighbor several times after he was confronted about failing to take in trash cans for Abdul Jabbar's elderly roommate. One wound to the back of the head caused a brain bleed. The 60 year old victim suffered a fractured skull and nearly died from blood loss after collapsing outside the emergency room. 60-year-old victim. 60 years old. Fractured skull and almost died from blood loss. But you guys heard about this story, right? This is breaking news. Everyone's talking about it. Didn't think so. That's why we're lost in the shuffle. Because this kind of shit gets lost in the shuffle. I'll tell you what. There he is. The proud father. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Wow. Wow incredible anything else for these reasons blah 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 so yeah so that was the story that got lost in the shuffle today for me i thought that was important to uh address because that's pretty important i'd say wouldn't you all right that is our show for today lost in the shuffle check out our website we got some holiday merch coming out been out hoodies sweaters hats subscribe to our youtube in uh i was gonna say instant messenger yeah all of our social media do all that stuff we appreciate everyone that listens you guys are the best in the west i love you we'll be back soon this has been lulu lost in the shuffle see you again i'm out